Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. What's going on, friends and family? Happy July 4th to everybody in the room, everybody watching online. I know this is a popular weekend to travel, go on vacation, so big shout out to the production team in the back, people in the video room downstairs. Uh, Man, maybe you're watching on the beach or you got it on your dashboard, on your car, hanging out, maybe watching it later in the week. So we're just so glad that you chose to join us. But for those in the room, uh, man, so glad you're here with us, spending a little bit of your your time. Uh, Hopefully by now you already know, you've answered one of the most important questions on July 4th is what are you going to cook on the grill? Right? That's a big question. Most important question of my day is what's for lunch almost every day. And so hopefully you got that figured out. Also, I hope, hopefully you got some fireworks uh, scheduled for tonight. And I'm not talking about the fireworks you buy in North Carolina, okay? Those are not the fireworks I'm talking about. I'm talking about the South Carolina fireworks. Uh, the closest fireworks stand in South Carolina is one hour and 17 minutes away from Winston-Salem. Don't ask me how I know that, but you can leave right after the service and you can get there and have some fun um, because you need, like, j- listen, America is not the back-to-back World War champions and celebrating with sparklers. That's not how we do it. Uh, it's real fireworks. If there's not a possibility that your finger gets taken off, then you're not doing it right. Um, so celebrate. It's going to be fun, fun this, uh, today to be able to, to be together. Got some events planned across campuses. Uh, so man, thanks for being here today. Uh, I got a buddy of mine who has a a student, uh, that's getting ready to get his driver's license and uh, he made a bargain with me, struck up a deal. He said, here's what I'll do. Um, if you will save your money and, and start to put away a little bit of money and, uh, when it's time for you to buy a car, then mom and dad, uh, will match whatever you want to raise, whatever, whatever work you want to do and save it and put it away. So I thought that was a pretty good deal right there. I don't know how you got your first car or if your parents bought it for you or helped you out or you were just all on your own. But uh, it, it was kind of like this idea of if, if you work hard and you do your part, then mom and dad are going to come in and, and we're going to help you and we're going we're gonna to throw in and do, do our part as well. Uh, there's actually a, a version of that that exists for adults. It's called the 401k, uh, right? If, if, if your company offers a 401k, uh, oftentimes they'll say, we will match up to a certain percent what you want to put in it. And so I tell people like, man, that's free money. You got to get that. And so uh, like you do your part, you invest in it, you, you put into it and, and we will do the same. We'll help you out like meet us in the middle. And it's interesting, this mentality, a lot of people embrace this mentality when it comes to God. A lot of people think that a relationship with God is if you will do your part and do the right thing and honor God and be faithful and, and, and you sacrifice and, and, and you are obedient, then God will jump in and then he'll do his part, right? He'll look out for you. He will bless you. He will open up doors like the people that, that are going to follow God and trust God and be obedient to God. Ultimately, then God is, is going to reward them. You've probably heard this phrase before, God helps those who help themselves. You ever heard that before? You know what book of the Bible that comes from? 
It's not. It's not in the Bible, so stop saying that. God doesn't help those who help themselves. It's actually the exact opposite. The gospel is all about God helping people that cannot help themselves, that are dead and lost in sin. But, but, but people believe that, though. They just think, you know, if, if you'll work hard, if you'll show the initiative, if you do the right thing, then, then God will, will step in and do the right thing for you as well. But if you've been a Christian for longer than five minutes, uh, you know that statement is not very true true. Because you and I know plenty of good people that are going through and have gone through some really difficult things in life. You know people that have made the right decisions, that have done the right thing, that have trusted Jesus, that have been generous with their life and with their finances, that, that l- are living in faithfulness and obedience. But, but honestly, man, if you look at their life, it, it just doesn't look like life is happening the way that it should I don't know if that surprises you or not. I don't know if that frustrates you or not. I don't know if you can relate to to that or not. But that's actually what I want to look at today. Uh, What happens when you do all the right things, but yet the wrong thing happens in your life? What happens when you do everything God tells you to do and you're faithful and you're obedient in, in, in all these different areas? Now, I get it. Nobody's perfect, but as best as you can. But then what happens when you do that and then life happens? Here's a better way to put it, maybe. Uh, What happens when the plan doesn't go as planned? Uh, One of my favorite theologians, a great religious philosopher of our day, goes by the name of Mike Tyson. He once said this, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Everybody has a plan of what their life is going to be and how they're going to thrive and succeed and what the next steps are. Everything's going to be great. And then life punches you in the mouth. I want to share a story with you today from the book of Exodus. This is the story of when Moses gets punched in the mouth. This is one of the rare times in Moses' life where he does everything right. He does exactly what God calls him to do. He's faithful. He's obedient to what God has for him. And yet in his life, everything falls apart. Everything goes wrong. I can relate to that. I know know you can relate to that. But what are you going to do when that happens? What are you going to do when the plan doesn't go as planned? And in Exodus chapter 5, if you have your Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 5. You can open up the app. All the notes will be uh, in there with the the different scriptures. And also it will be on the screen. Exodus chapter 5 is a, a really rich story that lets us know of some insights for you and I today of how we should respond, what we should do, where our mind should go when life doesn't go as planned, even when you do the right things and the wrong things seem to happen around us. How should we respond as followers of Jesus when things don't work out, when life doesn't pan out like we thought it would or that we think it should? Here's the background of this chapter. Um, Moses, you you guys know the story. If you've been here the last few weeks, in chapter 3 and chapter 4, Moses has been running. He's been going away from God, being disobedient. God's got a calling on his life, but Moses is running in the opposite direction. Well, finally, in verse 3, or in chapter 3, the the story of the burning bush, God speaks to Moses, and and Moses finally surrenders. Like, Moses finally just gives up. He says, all right, God, if if this is the plan, if this is what you want me to do, then, then this is what I this is what I'll do. So God spoke to him. He said, you are going to deliver the Israelite people out of slavery, out of bondage, out of the land of Egypt. I'm going to use you to do it. 
Moses embraces that. He goes to the leaders of the Israelite nation. He says, this is what God has told me. And so I, here, I know this sounds crazy, guys, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk up to Pharaoh and I'm going to do exactly what God told me to do. I'm just going to walk up to him and say, God said to let the people go. In, in chapter 5 of the book of Exodus, this is what happens when Moses, walking in faithfulness, walking in obedience, doing exactly what God tells him to do, this is how the story unfolds. Check this out. After this presentation of Israel's leaders, after Moses said, here's what we're going to do. Here's what God told me. Here's the message that I'm going to share with Pharaoh. Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. They told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. <laughs> Here's what Pharaoh said. Is that so? <laughs> Who is the Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord and I'm not going to let Israel go. Now, I can imagine if, if I were Moses in that situation, I'd be a little bit shell-shocked. I would probably look at Aaron at that moment and say, that is not what I thought he was going to say. <laughs> because God told us to march ourselves right up in here in front of Pharaoh and to tell him this message. And I could have sworn that if God said to do that and we did it, that, that man, I don't know what I was expecting from Pharaoh. If Pharaoh was just going to say, sure, go ahead, absolutely. I'll help you pack a lunch so you don't get hungry on the way out. But Pharaoh looked at him and said, nope. Who told you to say this? God? Yahweh? I don't even know who that is. I never heard that name before. So, so no, man, you're not leaving, and, and nobody else is leaving anyway. Like, 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 get out of my face. But verse 3, but, but Aaron and Moses persisted. The God of the Hebrews has met with us, they declared. So let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness so we can offer sacrifices to our Lord. If we don't, he will kill us with a plague or with the sword. And Pharaoh replied, Moses and Aaron, why are you distracting the people from their tasks? Get back to work. Look, there are many of your people in the land, and you are stopping them from their work. Pharaoh looks down at Moses and Aaron and says, Hey, fellas, I need a little less talky and a little more worky, okay? This is what you're doing, and this is what I need you to do so that everybody else can get back to work, okay? So thanks for coming up. Thanks for sharing. Whoever gave you the message, that's great. Glad you came up here. But it's time to get back to work. You're distracting all of the people from the job. They're on the clock right now. They're working for me right now. Man, can you imagine what a, what a punch in the gut that would have been to Moses and Aaron? The moment, think about the tension. The very moment that they decided to do the right thing. The moment that they decided to trust God and to do exactly what God called them to do. The moment they decided to stop making excuses, stop running, and just be faithful and obedient, what happens? Instant drama. Pharaoh looks at them and is like, who are you? Who is God? I don't even believe in your God. Why are you here? You're distracting the people from working. Like, get out of my face. I don't even know who lets you in this place anyway. What are you doing here, Moses? So Pharaoh laughs in their face he looks at them and says, I don't even know your God. I don't even believe your God exists. Why don't you get out of my face? Now that doesn't seem like a fair response. Like for someone that took a big risk 
For someone that said yes to Jesus, to God, to someone that, that said yes to obedience and faithfulness, you would think that God would have kind of helped him out here. He would have rewarded him for that. But I want to show you one word in verse 3 that I think is a real key. When, when you and I notice that the plan in our life is not going as planned, when we realize there's uh, opposition to our obedience and our relationship with God, here's the phrase that, that I caught in verse 3. It says, but Aaron and Moses persisted. Man, if you got a Bible, underline that, highlight it, star it, circle it, put a smiley face by it. Moses and Aaron persisted. That's the first thing that I want to challenge you this morning to write down. When life doesn't go as planned, when you do all the right things, but yet it seems like the wrong things are happening, the first reminder that we get is, number one, be persistent. Persistence, man, that's a, man, that's a good word persistence. Some of you, like, let's be honest, man, some of us, we give up way too easy, right? We, like, if something doesn't work, immediately we give up. Some of y'all joined the gym in January, and by January 4th, you didn't have that six-pack, and so you went back to the ice cream. Like, like that's it. Now, I don't want to say y'all, I want to say us. We went back to the ice cream, okay? We say, forget, oh, this doesn't work. You work out three times, and you're not ripped up. You're not, you're not skinny. You, know, you run one mile, and, like, you don't feel good. It feels terrible. And you're like, you know, I'm done with it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this at all. Like, we, we do that in so many areas of our lives. If we don't see instant results, then we give up. Think about how easy it would have been for Moses and Aaron to walk in and say, all right, uh, Pharaoh, Mo, uh, God said, let the people go. And Pharaoh said no, and Moses and Aaron could have been like, all right, well, you know what? We tried. Thank you. Thanks for hearing us. Uh, we tried. And he said no. Hey, just sometimes it doesn't work out, right? Maybe God didn't know what he was talking about. Maybe I didn't hear God right. It would have been so easy for them to just take that no and walk out. But Scripture said no, they were persistent. They asked again. They were faithful again. They were obedient again. Man, that's, that's a challenge for us in our walk with Jesus. It's not instant. It's, it, it, the results don't happen overnight. Sometimes persistence is what we need. Uh, somebody asked Albert Einstein one time, he says, why is it that, that you can solve all these math and scientific equations and, and you're the only one that can do it? Like no one else has ever been able to figure this out. And like, are you just some super brilliant guy? Like, do you just have a high IQ? And here, here was Albert Einstein's response. He says, it's not that I'm so smart. It's that I stay with problems longer. Other people give up after they can't solve it once. Other people give up after three or four times and they still don't have a breakthrough. They still don't have an answer. They still don't have the solution. They throw in the towel. Albert Einstein said, yeah, but I'm persistent. That's why I see the results. That, that's why the doors opened up for him. That, that's why the solutions appeared to him when it came to nobody else. And Moses here shows us that he's going to be willing in his life, in his relationship with God, to make the same decision again. All right, I'm going to be obedient again. I'm going to be faithful again. I'm going to be bold again. Maybe, maybe the next step for you this morning is not to try something new or to try something different. Maybe God is just calling you to do the same thing again and show some persistence. Whether that's in your prayers or studying the word, uh, time spent in a, in a small group where you're growing in your relationship with God. Well, I've tried that before and it didn't work. You know, some people, they pray one time, God doesn't answer the prayer, and then they walk away and be like, well, prayer doesn't work. That's why I don't do it. Because <laughs> I prayed one time and, and God didn't give me what I want. It's about persistence. 
Well, I had a problem in my marriage, and so I got up and I read my Bible one day, and uh, when I came home, my wife was still mean to me, and so that doesn't work, right? There's no truth to be found in the Bible. It didn't work. He's like, well, you don't, like, it, it took you like 10 years to get that place in your marriage. It's going to take God more than one hour in your Bible to fix it, okay? <laughs> Persistence. Stick with it. That's the decision that Moses made. That's the decision that you and I are going to have to make in our relationship with God, right? We're going to have to choose, or we're going to be persistent in our faithfulness, persistent in our obedience. Or are we just going to try it one time, and if it doesn't give us the results that we want, are we going to walk away? I'm glad there Moses in that text was persistent. He came back to Pharaoh and asked him again. But if you think persistence, asking twice always pays off, check out what happened. Verse 6, that same day, Pharaoh sent this order to the Egyptian slave drivers and to the Israelite foremen. Do not supply any more straw for making bricks. Make the people get it themselves, but still require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. These people are lazy. That's why they're crying out, let us go and offer sacrifices to our God. Load them down with more work. Make them sweat. That will teach them to listen to those lies. When the plan doesn't go as planned. Listen, what happens, man? Moses is faithful. He does exactly what God tells him to do. And guess what happens? The workload increases. Life gets harder for God's people. Pharaoh says, well, listen, man, I know your job is to make bricks so that we can build and do all this construction. And I, and I usually supply the materials that you need, but uh, let's go switch it up a little bit. I'm not going to give you the materials. I'm going to make you go out and get the materials yourself. But here's the catch. You still owe me the same amount of bricks at the end of the day. So not only is the workload the same, like the quota, the number you have to produce the same, but you're going to have to work twice as hard to get the same results. And you know why Pharaoh said that? Because Moses did what God told him to do. He was just faithful and obedient. And that's not right, is it? That's not how the story should unfold, right? When, when, when God called Moses to be faithful, and Moses said yes, like God's supposed to just let Moses wake up and a pile of bricks be in his driveway, right? He's, the, the work is supposed to get easier, right? He's supposed to, to multiply our efforts as a way of God saying, since you were faithful and obedient, now I'm going to help you. You scratch my back, I scratch your back, right? That's what a lot of people think their relationship with God is all about. But here's the second note that I want you to jot down. When things don't go as planned, Here's what we learn. Number two, don't let your situations determine your level of faithfulness. There's going to be times where you do the right thing and then the wrong thing happens to you and your faithfulness will be tested. You'll ask yourself, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep sacrificing? Do I want to be the one that continues to do the right thing? Do I want to be the one that continues to sacrifice and serve others? Do I want to be the one that misses out on other things because I'm trying to be obedient, I'm trying to be faithful. This plays out in, in various areas of our lives, man. This situation goes from bad to worse in Moses' life, and he has the choice. He has this moment where he says, all right, now's the chance. Do I walk away or do I remain faithful? Do I look at God and say, you didn't know what you were talking about? Or do I learn how to trust God and continue to be persistent in the process. Maybe that's you at work. Maybe in your office at work, you are the man or the woman that is trying to be a person of integrity, 
that's trying to do the right thing, that's trying not to cut corners, that's trying to honor people, that's not trying to cheat the system, always live above board. But what happens when the other woman or the other man in the office is cutting corners and doing the wrong thing and they get the promotion? What happens when you miss out on the sale because you're not willing to do the crooked business practice? You still going to be faithful? What happens if you make a decision today? You know what? Today is the day where I want to honor God with my finances. And on the way out the door, you take some cash out of your wallet or you take a check and you drop it in the offering basket on the way out. What happens tomorrow when your car breaks down? And all of a sudden, you don't have enough money to pay for it. Is that how it works? No, wait a minute, God. Like, like, I'm trying to do the right thing here. How long do I have to be faithful before I see some results? How long do I have to be obedient with it? What, what if you make the decision, I'm going to serve others. I'm going to sacrifice for others. I'm going to do the right thing. But the only thing you get in return for it is people taking advantage of you. And no one ever does for you even though you're always doing for them. No one ever serves you, even though you're always serving the others around you. No one sacrifices for you, even though you're constantly trying to sacrifice and put your spouse and your family and your coworkers and your neighbors in front of yourself. You will reach a point, just like in this story with Moses, where your faithfulness will be tested because your circumstances don't line up. And Moses had a choice to make here. He said, all right, I'm gonna stay faithful, I'm going to keep doing what God called me to do, or he can walk away, or he can do things his own way, take matters into his own hands. Life gets harder and harder, and Moses has to ask himself, am I going to stick with God, or am I going to walk away? During seasons of hardship and struggle, that's when you and I will be faced with that same question. Is it worth it? Is faithfulness the right thing? Is obedience the right thing, even when it's not kind of repaying me for me doing the right thing. Verse 13, story keeps getting worse. Meanwhile, the Egyptian slave drivers continued to push hard. Meet your daily quota of bricks, just as you did when we provided you with the straw, they demanded. Then they whipped the Israelite foreman they had put in charge of the work crews. Why haven't you met your quotas either yesterday or today, they demanded. So the Israelite foreman, they went to Pharaoh and pleaded with him, please don't treat your servants like this, they begged. We're giving no straw, but the slave slave drivers still demand more bricks. We're being beaten, but it isn't our fault. Your own people are to blame. What if you were faithful and obedient, you did all the right things, and you got abused for it? What if other people got the credit for what you did? Man, what, what, like physical beatings, that's what these people are getting just because Moses decided to do the right thing. You think there was a, a, a moment that crossed these people's minds like, hey, look, these beatings aren't worth it. <laughs> like, man, no, this, this doing the right thing, this is getting old real quick. And they come up to Pharaoh and say, it's not our fault. Like, you're not giving us the supplies. We want to work. We want to do the right thing. But, but you're making it difficult on us. You're not giving us what we need. Life continues to get tough for them in, in verse 17. But Pharaoh shouted, you're just lazy, lazy. That's why you're saying, let's go and offer sacrifices to the Lord. Now get back to work. No straw will be given to you, but you must still produce the full quota of bricks. The Israelite foreman could see 
that they were in serious trouble when they were told, you must not reduce the number of bricks that you make each and every day. See, what Pharaoh is trying to do is the same tactic that Satan does in your life and in my life today. Um, Satan will try to kill the hope in your life. He'll try to discourage you by putting distractions around you, by increasing the workload, by putting more on you than you could think you can handle. And in your mind, you're thinking, man, I'm just trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to be obedient. And when life gets tough, when the plan doesn't go as planned, you and I will have the choice to make. Will we stay with God? Here's what Scripture says. All the people could see was the massive amount of work they could do. All they could see was Pharaoh yelling at them. Even in verse 19, it says, we see that we are in real trouble right now because there doesn't seem to be a solution. All they saw were the odds that were stacked against them. So what happens when the plan doesn't go as planned? Number three, write this down. Don't get distracted by opposition. Satan has been trying to distract people from the very first chapter of the book trying to create division between people and God. If there's a way that Satan can get your eyes off of God and onto your problem, then you've already lost. You'll become overwhelmed. You won't know what to do, completely discouraged, and you'll turn your back on others and you'll turn your back on God. That's exactly what Pharaoh wanted these people to do. He says, man, I'm gonna make your life so hard because you told me you wanted to leave and go worship God. This is gonna be the last time anybody mentions the name of God around me because you're gonna remember what Pharaoh did to you when you decided to try to follow him and be faithful and obedient. So there's the big question for you. Where are you going to put your focus this morning? In the times in life where you're discouraged and things aren't working out and you're not getting the results that you thought and bad things are happening in the lives of good people that are following Jesus, where are you going to put your hope? Where will your focus be? Where will your eyes go in that moment? Will it go towards the problem or the one that can solve it? Will it go towards your way, your truth, your path, or will you continue to trust that God has a plan and he's going to orchestrate those things in your life? This is a big moment for the people and for Moses. Where are you going to look when everything falls apart, even though you did the right thing every single time? Verse 20, here's what happens. These, these people find out that the reason they're getting punished is because Moses stood up to Pharaoh and did what God called him to do. In verse 20, it says, as they left Pharaoh's court, they confronted Moses and Aaron who were waiting outside for them. The foreman said to them, may the Lord judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You have put a sword into their hands, an excuse to kill us. So for Moses, goes from bad to worse. Not only is Pharaoh being a complete jerk, but now the people have turned their back on Moses. These people just found out we are working harder because Moses opened up his big mouth. We are working harder and don't have the materials that we need because Moses went and did what God told him to do. Moses getting opposition from the inside and the outside. He's getting opposition from the haters and his homies. He's getting opposition from friends and foes. Same thing happens in our life. You can get opposition and distraction from all sides of life and you will be faced with the question, where will you look in that moment? So let's look at what Moses did. When everything fell apart, even though he did all the right things, 
verse 22 is a powerful verse. He says, then Moses went back to the Lord. Then Moses went back to the Lord and protested, why have you brought all this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people and you have done nothing to rescue them. Here's the last thing I want you to jot down. When, when your back's up against the wall, when you're being persistent and the results still aren't being produced, uh, do what Moses did and go to God. Don't go to your own power. Don't go to your own understanding. Don't go to your mom or your dad or your friends or other people. First and foremost, didn't take it into his own hands, didn't turn his back on God. God, Moses brought these things to God. God, I got a problem. I got a question. This doesn't seem right. I'm trying to do the right thing and everything is falling apart around me. God, where are you? Why are you doing this? Why won't you do something? Why won't you show up? Why won't you answer my prayers? That's one of the things that Moses got right in this chapter is when he had a problem, he went straight to the problem solver. In your life and in mine, here's the tendency that we have. When we do the right things, but the wrong things happen to us, we will often turn our backs on God and try to take things into our own hands. But Moses did the exact opposite. So let me pose this question to you. If you're a follower of Jesus, and you're of that mindset that if, I just, if I'm just faithful, and if I'm obedient, then God will reward me. If, if I scratch his back, he's going to scratch my back. Like, this is my spiritual 401k here. Whatever I put in, God is going to match. Whatever I push forward that is the right thing to do, that is the kind thing to do, that's the obedient and the faithful thing to do, God is going to reward this. Here's a question for you. What if faithfulness doesn't lead to a reward? Here are the excuses that we get. When, when, when we realize that faithfulness doesn't always end in a reward. Here's the three choices we can give. Number one, we can give up. Could have easily done what, what Moses didn't do in chapter one. He's like, all right, well, I tried. I tried the prayer thing. I tried the generosity thing. I tried the Jesus thing. I tried the church thing. I tried the, the do the right thing thing, and it didn't work out so great. I, I'm done with that. We could give up. Second thing we could do is we could take matters into our own hands. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to do this. All right, God, well, if you won't move, then I will. If you won't take control, then I will. If I can't force your hand, then I'll do it myself, God. And I begin to wrestle the control of my life away from God and try to take things into my own hands. Or you can do what Moses did here. Number three, he continued to trust God. Keep trusting God, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult. It doesn't mean that God is not God and that God is not good. We just have to be persistent in trusting him with it. Here's the reason why we can do that. Paul actually tells us this verse in Philippians 1.6. He says, And I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Moses knew that God had a plan for his life, that one scene wasn't the whole story. And that he would, if he would continue to be persistent and keep being faithful, and keep being obedient, and keep doing the right thing, then eventually God would reveal that on his time, and in his plan and purpose, the meaning behind all of this. Over the next few weeks, we're going to go through the plagues, and the Red Sea, and the Exodus, all of that, and we're going to realize this was just one scene in the big story that God was telling. And I want to challenge you on that as well. Today is just one scene 
And today might be difficult. It might be hard. There might be a bunch of questions. It might not seem like the investment is paying off. It may not seem like doing the right thing is producing the right results. But don't put a period where God put a comma. Continue to trust. Continue to be persistent. Continue to to, to not let your faithfulness be moved by the circumstances around you, good, bad, or ugly, and learn how to take those thoughts, those fears, those questions, those anxieties to God. He can handle it. He can handle it. Not only does he have a plan for your life, but he has a plan for how he's going to get you from where you are today to where he wants you and he's called you to be. So what do you need to do again and be persistent? How do you need to reshape your perspective and your focus to make sure that your faithfulness doesn't waver even when times are difficult? And what do you need to do this morning to say, instead of going to anybody else, instead of taking these complaints to family or friends or, or just pushing them down, man, how can I be open and honest with God with where I am and trust him with the process? Moses would learn this and God would do something powerful in his life. I'm confident that if you and I can apply these same truths to the story, that God will be faithful to us as well. Can I pray for you? God, thanks for this story of of Moses, the heartache. Man, I can't imagine the, the punch in the gut he would have got after you told him what to say and you told him you would offer forgiveness and that you would offer freedom from this bondage that they were in when, when Pharaoh looked at him in the face and said, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. You can imagine the discouragement, uh, the pain, the waiting, the embarrassment, all the wa- range of emotions that we experience today when, when we're trying to follow you and we're trying to do the right thing and we're sacrificing and giving and being faithful and obedient and, and it just doesn't work out. The plan doesn't go as planned. So God, in those moments, I pray that you would help us to be persistent, to continue to move forward, not to get stuck, not to turn our backs on you, not to try to take matters into our own hands, but to continue to trust you. And every day, bring those concerns, those requests, those questions to you. Lay them at your feet and trust that you will work them out for the good of those that love you, that you have a plan that is unfolding every day and that if we would simply trust you, then one day we will see the fruit of that faithfulness and obedience. God, the reward is faithfulness. To stand in front of you one day and not to receive something, but to be able to say we did exactly what you called us to do. God, I pray that you would create that desire in us where it is lacking right now, that our ultimate goal would be faithfulness. Pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.